This is the happy hour. You guys know the happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Monday, this is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com, Nick Sainert and Rico joining you. Hello, Rico. Hello. Happy Monday, man. Happy Monday. Happy College World Series, Men's College World Series uh, final. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm juiced up for tonight's like game. final, final. Game Since three. it's been the final. The, all the marbles tonight. Do people still care about marbles? I'm pretty excited for tonight's game, Rico. I'll Dude, be honest this has with been you. A, okay. I know you put the numbers together, and yep. if you guys haven't seen, go to go to his Twitter at Nick underscore Sainer. Um, he put the numbers together for this men's college That's world right. series, and I knew it was a great one because all the games have been super close and like phenomenal to watch. Um, as Adam Carricker says, phenomenally phenomenal mm-hmm. to watch, and uh, the numbers just yeah. They, you can see it. So, as always, 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line, as well as the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, Allo Channel 951-951 for you guys if you want to watch what's going on in the studio here. It's right there. So, we talked about the, the numbers, and I'll get to those here in just a moment. But we're, we, we need your help to start here. So, we've done a poll and we used to do solely Twitter polls, but thanks to our new text line, we can do text polls, yes. right? So it's easier for you guys to engage with the show. Send us a text, Florida or LSU. Who wins game three tonight? The poll has been created. Send us Florida or LSU. Who wins game three tonight from Charles Schwab Field? And we'll let you guys know the results on uh, who you guys think is going to win game three of the finals tonight. Talked about those numbers. In 2022, let me just go through first 2022. Please do. In 2022, one of the Men's College World Series games was decided by one run. Two games were decided by two runs. Twelve games last season in 2022 were decided by four or more runs. Okay? Now, transitioning into 2023... This year, this men's college world series has been phenomenal. It's been electric. You've had you've had close, drum, dramatic finishes. Couple extra inning games, right? Three games have been decided by four or more runs. Four games decided by two or three runs, and a staggering eight games have been decided by one run this year. Eight of the fifteen games have been decided by one run. And if you want to take it a step further, 12 of the 15 games that have been played here in the 2023 Men's College World Series have been been decided by fewer than three runs. Just, it, it's made... It's been electric. It's been such a good ba- uh, bounce-back year for the the sport of college baseball. And the attendance has been has been awesome at, at Charles Schwab Field as well. It's been, it's been just a really, really enjoyable... I think it's been like 11 days 
of the college men's college world series and just a, a great bounce back year uh, we are we do have a loaded show for you guys just in about actually about two minutes or so yes, we're going to be joined by Leah van of the advocate down in Baton Rouge Louisiana she's been in Omaha for the last I don't know 12 days covering the Tigers um, she's covered it, the LSU has had a really interesting story as well because they've don't forget were one game away from elimination then had to beat a team in Wake Forest that has been the number one team for a good chunk of the regular season they had to beat them twice and now they find themselves in the uh, championship final series ahead of Game 3. And now it's a good time to bring in Leah Van on the Allo VIP line, 402-464-5685. Leah, I appreciate you doing this on, on such short notice. How long have you actually been in Omaha? Um, I've been here since Wednesday, June 14th. Are, so how, how ready are you? Day. How <laughs> ready are you to get back to Baton Rouge? I... Well, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm ready to go home to my bed. I'm not going to say that I'm ready to live in Baton Rouge right now, but yeah, mm-hmm. so, it's very hot there. <laughs> once again, we're joined by Leah Vanna of, of The Advocate down in Baton Rouge. She covers uh, football and baseball for LSU. And so when you look at this LSU baseball team, they had to fight back in the elimination game uh, against um, – against Tennessee, then beat a Wake Forest team who was the number one team in the country for a pretty good chunk of the season, and they had to beat those guys two times. It's been a really enjoyable couple of couple of weeks for LSU baseball fans. Yeah, I would say that it's been eventful and exciting. I mean, you, you're having games go to extra innings. You're having games come down to the wire, and there was a shutout of Tennessee – you're seeing the best of LSU's pitchers that you've seen all season. Ty Floyd striking out, um, gosh, was it 17 guys? Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. Um, and Paul Skeens, you've seen twice, potentially see him today. And what, one of the best games that I guess in College World Series history was him and Rhett Lauder going toe-to-toe against those two powerful lineups. I think, you know, regardless of what happens today, it's been – a really exciting journey, and it's been a lot of really good baseball. Leah, you, you mentioned Paul Skeens, right? And one of the biggest question marks going into Game 3 tonight at, in Omaha is whether or not he's going to start or if we'll see him at all. I mean, what what's your kind of outlook on, on Paul Skeens? He's, he's thrown in two games, I believe, here in the Men's College World Series. What's your outlook, and, and how do you see head coach Jay Johnson handling the, the power arm of, of Paul Skeens? Well, you know, it's kind of like Johnson has kind of stuck to the same approach with his, um, his pitching the entire season, and how he draws it up. Like we have not seen Paul Skeens work out of the pen at all. So my guess is that we would, if he is playing today is that we would see him start. I'm not ruling out the possibility of him coming out of the pen. I just am saying that it has been kind of a creature of habit mindset with Jay Johnson here. Um, And you saw that with him throwing Nate Ackenhausen for the second time as a starter here in the college world series. You saw that when Paul Skeens worked against, Tulane to open the regional, um, you know, he has not changed anything. And so I would think he would 
you know, I know this is a different circumstance um, in which Paul is on three days of rest, but I think he also wants to win. And so it's up to what is best for the armed health of Paul Skeens going into the MLB draft. And it also, you know, what also comes into account is like, okay, are we going to try to, like, you know, what's going to give us the best opportunity to win a national title? And I think you have to get ahead against this Florida team, right? Because LSU... And, you know, part of that is on the offense because LSU certainly had plenty of opportunities in both of its games against Florida to take an early lead, and that was mostly because of starting pitcher Ty Floyd and Nate Ackenhausen was okay through the first two or first three innings. And so they, you want to have the opportunity to win and to seize the momentum early. And so my idea is that you get in your best pitcher early and you try to take over that momentum and then you can ride out the rest of the game with Thatcher Hurd, which we've seen in the past, or Griffin Herring, two of LSU's best bullpen arms, are available today. We're speaking with Leah Van of the Advocate, LSU football and baseball beat writer. And Leah, 24-4 to is going to be kind of hard to, to forget. It was a, a windy day, a blustery day in a park that doesn't see a lot of home runs, saw a bunch uh, yesterday from Florida. And what what was the mentality or what is the mentality of this LSU squad going into this game? How, how was the fan base coming out of that game? And do you think there might be some type of hangover if Florida, you know, let's say they hit a solo shot at some point, is there going to be some type of hangover from watching the ball leave the park so many times yesterday? Uh, LSU's been historically very good at flushing out a bad game. They, I mean, they've only lost back-to-back games twice this season and they've had their backs against the wall the entire time they've been in Omaha I almost said lived in Omaha <laughs> and um, you know so I, I think like yesterday they kind of came into the press box uh, the press conference and they said we've already forgotten about it it's over and I mean if anybody who has followed LSU baseball for this entire season knows that the bullpen arms that came in in those later innings that kind of drove off like drove up the score um, were guys that had not pitched since early May, not end of May, early May. It had been over a month and since, since Bryce Collins, Christian Little, and Sam Dutton had even seen the mound. And so it was good to get those guys time, but like at the same time, it's like, okay, you could definitely tell you're saving the best bullpen arms for the next game, so this one no longer matters. And because um, Florida had that 8-3 lead, and that's kind of when Jay Johnson said, you know, at this point, I think the game is out of our hands because, um, you know, the errors, and it just seemed like it wasn't working their way. And then I think at 7-3, to he said they felt like they could still be in it. But when that last kind of error kind of bit LSU in the butt, um, you could kind of see the writing on the wall with the momentum. And, you know, he tried throwing Gavin Gidry for a little bit, um, and it didn't work. And so then turns to Bryce Collins, who was pretty good against Florida last year. I think he only he had no earned runs on one hit or something in a couple of, I think, three innings pitch. One earned run on no hits. That's what it was, a three innings pitch. Uh, so, you know, I think, I don't know. I, if you were an LSU baseball fan, you saw yesterday as like, okay, this is just kind of hammering the nail in a coffin that has already been kind of, you know, buried at that by the sixth inning leah twenty five thousand two hundred and ninety two people attended game two of the finals yesterday in omaha talk about the lsu 
fan base because we we always talk about it leading up to the college world series businesses love it when when lsu's in town obviously they're they're approaching the fifty thousand jello shot number i mean their their fan base when it when they make the trip to omaha they come in large numbers yeah and i think that's part i mean that's part of the reason why i have a job right i mean i Mm -hmm. have covered um, all but five games of the LSU baseball season because I'm the number one baseball beat writer for LSU for The Advocate, and I travel to regular season games. And so I tell people there's a reason why my job exists in college baseball, but, but not necessarily anywhere else. And that is because the LSU fan base craves it and reads every single word and cares about a midweek game in March. You know, And so this is, this is something people plan their lives around Every summer, they anticipate it. They expect to be here. It's a historical program. It's very prominent. It's also like a nice slight break from the heat that they are Mm -hmm. experiencing in Baton Rouge. Um, There's not a lot to do in Baton Rouge outside of LSU sports, and I've said that, and everybody knows it. And that's what the SEC is all about. It's just full of towns where there's nothing else to do but watch the team. Um, But – you know, LSU is special just because of the history of the program and what Skip Bertman built, and he instilled that culture, and it has carried on for years and years because it's just ever-present in that town. I mean, you've got Mikey Matuk, who is running a podcast in local LSU, you know, in Baton Rouge, and he mm-hmm. keeps people engaged. You've got Ryan Terrio on the radio at ESPN in Baton Rouge. I mean, they kind of force you to stay in it and to – stay engaged and so you know I mean I think it's honestly like it's got to be a fun family vacation I mean it's not like the most expensive destination to go I'm so I'm sure if you're spending two weeks here it is expensive but then you also get to watch a bunch of fun baseball and you get to be in a town that's pretty popping for you know this time of year we're talking to Leah Van of the Advocate from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Been up in in Omaha for for a little over ten days or so, um, covering LSU baseball. We have to talk about the storyline around junior pitcher Riley Cooper because you you tweeted it out yesterday about um, his his type of flu game, right? So tell our listeners a little bit about Riley Cooper's situation, and then ultimately, do we think Riley Cooper will be available for Game Three if needed? So first off, I did get word about the Riley Cooper situation probably right after the game ended. I noticed I hadn't seen him, but I, I guess I was I thought since the ballpark is so big, sometimes you like I don't want to say I don't see someone if they actually are here. Yeah. You know? And so that's kind of a that's kind of the challenge of being a reporter here in Omaha. Um, but yeah, he had a stomach bug yesterday and was stuck at the hotel. Um, that's how sick he was. And I still don't know if he will be available today. Um, I, my guess is that's going to be a very last-minute decision, depending on how he feels, because I don't know if it's the flu. I don't know if it was just a virus. I don't know if it was just something he ate. Um, but, you know, so obviously he's been a big bullpen arm for LSU. He's made the most appearances here in Omaha. I think he's made four, including back-to-back appearances, where he threw 40 pitches one night and 22 pitches the next. And so – um, you know, obviously he's a really intricate part of this team, but I also don't think yesterday he would have even seen the mound anyway, given the way that the game had kind of run, gotten out of LSU's hands. And I think they would have saved him for today anyway. Um, whether or not he's available today is still 
kind of remains to be seen. But, yeah, I did do a feature story on Riley Cooper last year when he had first transferred from Arizona. And I had learned from his former high school coach that one time he had mono and, like, fell asleep right before a game in the locker room. And he was like, hey, man, you got to go out there and pitch. And he pitched, like, a 17-strikeout shutout. In that in California, you know, the high school baseball in California is full of pro players. And he played for a very elite high school so to do that when in the state of mind or, you know, illness that he was in, you know, that was a pretty like mm-hmm. that was a pretty pivotal moment um, in his high school career. But I don't know. I'm not asking or saying that he should try to replicate that because if he's not feeling his best, he probably should not play. OK, Lee, a couple more before before we go ahead and let you go. I, I it's. I'd be disappointed in myself if we let you go without talking about the Golden Spikes Award winner for the best player in all of college baseball, Dylan Cruz, right? So Dylan Cruz probably going to be a top three pick in in July's MLB draft. When fans are watching game three tonight, what do they need to know about the LSU center fielder? He has reached base in 73 straight games, that or 74. Um, that is dating back to last season, the end of last season through the regional. And so that is kind of, I mean, if you think about it, doing anything consistently 74 times is insane. Um, whether, and he did at one point this season go on a 26-game hit streak. So, I mean, and I think that I, it ended in some way that kind of sucked. You know, it was like he was intentionally walked twice or something, mm-hmm. you know. So, um he, you know, I think what's really cool about Dylan Cruz is that the way he learned how to hit a baseball was very old-fashioned in a broken-down warehouse in with a very old, like, Met scout who <laughs> named Mo Pesci, and he's passed away since. But he uh, taught Dylan how to hit a baseball, making him hit, t- like, tires with weighted bats. Like, a lot of these Dominican Republic um methods of weighing to kind of build his bat speed, which is something that he's very known for. My colleague also did a story on the science behind his vision and what makes him elite with seeing the baseball and identifying pitches really quickly, quicker than your average guy in the MLB. Um, So this guy is the future. um, He's a future major leaguer, um, but he's also a really good, he's also a really good guy. He was on the community service team in the SEC He's done a lot for the special needs community in Baton Rouge by providing them tickets and interacting specifically with a young girl named Aubrey who said it like her first word was Dylan Cruz. Um, So, you know, he's a good human being. He's a fantastic baseball player. And this is the last time you're going to see him in a Tigers uniform. Leah, hey, we, we cannot appreciate you enough for for coming on 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 late notice. Um, What I guess what is LSU going to have to do tonight to, to walk away as a national champion? They need to drive in runners. They need to bat with runners on base. They cannot leave 10 runners stranded, 17 runners stranded, 13 runners stranded, whatever. They need to be able to convert those runners into runs. And um, I think if they're able to do that, which they have been in the past, they have the nation's RBI leader in Tommy White. Um, I think if their pitching just does enough to get them through against this lineup, then they'll be able to capture a victory. Good stuff. Leah, appreciate the time as always. Uh, have a have a safe trip back home to the hot state of Louisiana and to Baton Rouge. We really appreciate you coming on with us. Thank you for having me. 
That is Leah Van of The Advocate based out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Cool story there about Dylan Cruz. and Because and, those are things that we don't, as as up here in, in Nebraska, without reading the article. She, I, the reason I asked her also is she has on her Twitter a pinned tweet of her story, her feature story with Dylan Cruz. Mm-hmm. And so she sat down with Dylan and, and got to know a little bit more about him. So that was really cool to hear about Dylan Cruz. Um, and she believes that if we're going to see Paul Skeens tonight, then it'll be to start the game told you. in the top of the first inning. So it, still no official word. I'm not sure we'll find out until lineups come out and, and we're a little put closer a to game time. It? I do not. You want to put a dollar on it? Because I don't know which way it's going to go, Rico. Let's go to Warhorse right now. I am not sure which way it's going to go. So uh, once again, th- huge thanks to Leah Van of The Advocate down in Baton Rouge, beat writer for LSU football and baseball, for joining us and talking and previewing uh, game three of the men's college world series going on tonight. First pitch from the Chuck, the Schwab. Everybody calls it the Chuck. From Charles Schwab Field is at 7 p.m. tonight on the ESPN network. So let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, Carter Nelson has set his recruitment date once again. If you have just been joining us just recently, 402-464-5685. Feel free to text us, LSU or Florida. We'll have a running poll throughout the course of the show. And when we have uh, Stricken Austin in for the crossover in our final segment, we'll update the poll. Send us LSU or send us Florida, who you think is going to win Game 3 of the Men's College World Series tonight from Omaha. And we'll tell you guys the results coming up at the end of the show. We'll take a break. You're listening to the Happy Hour on a Monday, 93.7 The Ticket. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.